Hi, I'm Vlad and I'm the co-founder of Techsylvania and you're listening to Eastern Europe Exposed, a podcast about startups, founders and investors. In this show, we're looking to shed a bit of light on the Eastern European tech ecosystem and some of its key players. You will hear from technical experts, founders and investors based or doing business in this part of the world. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ruman Iliev, who's a partner at Launch Hub Ventures, an 18 million fund based out of Bulgaria. So, welcome, Ruman, to uh, the Eastern Europe Exposed podcast. Uh, we're really happy to, to have you on the show. Thank, uh, you, Matt. Thank you very much. Thank you for this kind invitation. And I'm really pleased to be here. And I hope that uh, I'll be able to share some of my insights that uh, your uh, listeners will find valuable. So, thank you so much. Don't be afraid to ask me tough questions, and I'll <laughs> see if I'll be able to answer them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's start. Maybe, uh, I think it's best if uh, you could uh, maybe little, uh, give a little bit of information about uh, your background, uh, how you, uh, what are you currently doing, how you uh, entered the venture capital scene, and uh, what uh, you were doing before this. Uh, I think it would be interesting for the audience to know. All right, all right. So very quickly, I'm one of the partners at uh, Launch Hub Ventures. Uh, Launch Hub Ventures is the um, second fund we manage based in Sofia, Bulgaria. The first, the first one we just called Launch Hub. Uh, this one uh, is an 18 and a half million uh, euro fund. Again, a, a micro seed fund uh, focused on, um, let's say, seed stage investments. Uh, everything uh, below one million. And above 300,000 is where we enter as an investor. And we have the capacity to extend this, to expand our investment in one company up to uh, two, 2 million euros. Um, so we imagine ourselves to be a proper seed fund now for the, for the European standards. But our background is that we started in 2012 with um, uh, another minor, uh, another very small fund. Uh, we managed 9 million at the beginning that had uh, acceleration and pre-seed compartment. So we were at that time kept to 200,000 euros. Now, my background, how, how did it all start with, uh, uh, in my case to, to enter the venture capital industry? It's uh, in a way very funny because it started in 2011 uh, when I was um, uh, having my own consultancy business. Uh, I used to be a management consultant for a short time uh, at uh, one of the big four. Um, and before that, I used to work for um, uh, big corporations in uh, insurance and utility in um, Central Europe. And uh, at one moment, I started um, a freelancing business or a small consultancy firm. But I've never perceived to be a startup because obviously it's not scalable. It depends solely on, on billable hours. Yeah. And an um, old friend of mine, that uh, she is the CFO of Launch Hub since the inception of the firm, called me and said, well, we're structuring a venture firm here. We have seed and acceleration fund in particular, and nobody knows what, <laughs> what is that and how <laughs> to do it. So um, I know that you're consulting other companies. Would you be willing to, to, have, to give us a hand? You know, even with the simple things like translations and you know, applying to, to get some funding from the European Investment Fund, I said, okay, let's do it. 
and, and this is how we started drafting how the launch hook will function. Uh, it, it's funny that at that point, um, with the European Investment Fund, our first LP, uh, we had a process that uh, I, I sometimes call interrogation more than due diligence because uh, okay. the Europeans were very much afraid that the Bulgarians steal money, all right? So if you <laughs> use the money to marriage, they'll probably steal them, or at least this is what we are no, known of as, as, as people, especially at that point uh, in Europe. Uh, so we had we had very extensive process of, of due diligence, of, of um, uh, strategizing before Launchpad was created. And when it was in 2012, um, I accepted their offer to, to trade my freelance consultancy practice. Uh, and at that point to um, trade the offer from one of my biggest clients in reinsurance to move back to the Czech Republic and, and work on a corporate insurance job to become an investment manager. At Launchhub, so this is my mm-hmm. first position, responsible for deal flow, portfolio relations, and selection process. And uh, since Launchhub is a small fund, it functions like a startup, so we, we cannot pay salary, so we give shares. Okay, so <laughs> you so get shares in the fund. Okay. I become a partner in the second fund. I'm, I'm also very privileged with uh, other four partners to be an equal partner in the fund. So this is mm-hmm. this is um, and um, I'll say that uh, what we had back then in, in Bulgaria is, is unique, that we were one of the first, together with 11 Accelerator, to, to start actually um, a mini seed fund. So this gives opportunity, this gave me opportunity to, to actually enter this industry. I guess nowadays it will be a bit more challenging in terms of requirements for background and knowledge. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you already uh, are with LaunchUp uh, for five years. Uh, I'm curious, what's your take on how how has the um, Eastern European ecosystem uh, evolved since you, mm-hmm. you first started and until now? Oh, yes. I, I remember when we started, um, people actually were not aware what is um, a seed fund, what, okay. what acceleration investment is. There were no co-working spaces even. Angel investors were something very, very exotic that was happening rarely and sporadically, um, there were almost no um, outside investors from Europe or US visiting Bulgaria at that point. So to, 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 to actually, give, uh, I remember that we put a lot of effort in educating people, mm-hmm. even organizing events to, to, to educate, to, to explain. Uh, I think we did one thing that was very right uh, at that point. We invited Seed Camp to, uh, and also Mozilla Web Forward and Dream Adventures and IO Ventures from the States to give us their perspective how, how the business should be structured. And uh, especially with Seed Camp, we established partnership where we were able to, to copy them with their permission. So we took their documents, we took their term sheet, we took, we took the way they do business and we implemented it in Bulgaria, regardless of the fact that uh, the legislation wasn't adapted for that. Mm-hmm. But I think this set the foundation of, 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 um, of venture capital it's done the same way as it's done in Europe. And now we can see that uh, we have uh, a lot of co-investments with European and American funds that recognize this as, uh, as a good thing. But the ecosystem, uh, we also, my partners were the first investors in, a, in the first co-working space in Bulgaria. <laughs> then we supported the development of this ecosystem as well. And now, nowadays, you don't have an investment in a company that, that, that develops a software for co-working spaces. So you can imagine. Uh, angel investors um, also grew uh, together with the funds because uh, 
films made the life of the angel easier. They usually prepare documents, they set the films, so they, they facilitate angel investments. So this was this was good. We have now a stronger angel, a much stronger angel community in Bulgaria, and of course in Romania, traditionally um, had the angels um, actively participating. So this was this was good. Um, what we saw further were um, more money pouring into into venture capital in Bulgaria in terms of matching funds. Now we're speaking about R&D funds uh, for technology transfers being set up. Now we are waiting to see who will manage the uh, seed and acceleration money from the uh, European Investment Fund in Romania. Uh, new fund managers will be also uh, selected in Bulgaria. So all this, together with the several NGOs, together with the conferences that uh, <laughs> appeared, and, and you are one of organizers of, I think, one of the best ones in, in, in uh, uh, Southeast Europe. Uh, this all together, um, I think, put Eastern Europe on the map. Because I remember very well when, when we, when we uh, did our first demo day uh, of, of our first batch, we had to buy tickets to for Western VCs and, and, and beg them to fly to Sofia and, and, and see our companies, right? We, know. we did that. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, had to buy several tickets and, and invited several investment funds to just come, be our guests, see what, what's happening here for the first time. The next year, they, they bought their own tickets. <laughs> <laughs> then conferences happened. So now, now we can see them writing emails, hey, I'll be coming to Sofia, you know, regularly, like a few times a year. I'll be coming to Romania as well, you know, or I'm here, I'm there, I'm somewhere in the region. What about meeting and speaking about deals? So, so I can see um, a lot of development um, in, in all components of this ecosystem, from co-working, accelerators, meetups, NGOs, conference organizers, a lot of education now that startups know that their availability of funding, that they, they basically have the examples of other startups starting businesses in early stage. But one thing we still see as... as um, as an issue in general in our region is the fear of failure and, and, and uh, lack of entrepreneurship um, um, motivation, let's say. Um, I still see that, that young people are afraid somehow to start businesses, and, and I don't know why, because the job market is working for them, especially for the IT people. Yeah. The, um, the funds are here to give them capital, uh, but still they need to make the first step, right, to, to, to basically put all the eggs in one basket, quit the job, and focus on the product for several months. And then see, okay, am I going to make it, or I have to go and find a job? But finding a job for a developer is not really a problem, you know. I, mm -hmm. I think within one month, they'll be back. So th there is very little risk they need to take, and I still believe that um, we don't see enough of this. And the second area that we are still lagging behind is entrepreneurship education, or the knowledge that those guys need, uh, or girls, to, to build a business. Not to start a small company, but to build an enterprise, to be able to delegate, to be able to, to, to build a mid-management layer, to be able to, to manage partners, suppliers, um, and to, to function as, as a company. And this knowledge uh, we still don't have in, in, Central, uh, in, in Southeast Europe, um, also mainly because of, um, we have so few successful businesses that are uh, successful on a global scale that it, can educate those people that startups need to hire and to pass this education to the, the younger generation, let's say, through, through hiring, through, to, to, to allowing them to gain experience so they can utilize this experience in their startups. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that, that's slowly changing. I mean, also Bulgaria has uh, a few success stories. Uh, uh, there is um, the company um, acquired by Progress uh, Software. Yes, Teleric. Teleric. So I guess they were really big. Hungary has Prezi. Romania has a bit different. Absolutely, absolutely. Those are the first things we see. And, and I think that the whole idea would be to try to replicate this success. Because Teleric are not only... LPs or people who give money to funds and mm-hmm. to as well. They're not only angel investors. I mean, to be honest, they the partners of Teleric probably invested as much as our first fund in the past uh, two and a half years. Um, but their employees are also the next generation of startups that we fund as a fund, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a seed fund, and their ex employees are the the ones that. Startups target to 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 acquire to okay. steal because they have been there. They have done a global business. They know how to scale a global business. So they're very interesting from the perspective of knowledge. And if I look at our portfolio, I'll see. <laughs> don't tell this to progress, but <laughs> I'll see probably about twenty people that our companies had managed to 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 take and to steal from, from this big corporation. And this, this has been a, a very good push in terms of skill set and, and, and in terms of um, understanding how to build a corporation. So I'm curious, when you're looking uh, at uh, investing in a startup, what, what are the things that uh, an entrepreneur uh, needs, needs to provide or to show you to, to get your money? <laughs> All right. So... Um, when startups go to, to, to seek venture capital funding or when they are approached by, by venture fund because they're doing something interesting, there are several elements that most of the funds will try to analyze, right? The first one are the people on the team. Mm-hmm. The second one is the, you know, not in priority, but let's say the checklist will involve um, team. It will involve assessment of the opportunity out there, the, the size of the market, the opportunity that the startup could catch, uh, catch up and... and, and how big business this can become because startups uh, by definitions are supposed to become huge businesses not just small multi-million dollar business yeah but something that's quite substantial in terms of revenue in terms of users um they will look at the achievements so far let's say the traction that they can show and they'll try to get some overall impression if they can work with, with the founders you know um how how we do it in, in launch hub is that um um, we look at the team in terms of do we trust those guys? Mm-hmm. Can, can they show that um, they have taken the risk and they're motivated and really driven to, to, to make a difference? Do they see meaning in what they're doing? Um, are they confident enough to, to convince us to put our money? Um, and, and of course the, the red flags when looking at, at a startup would be uh, people still lingering, not quitting their job, thinking, okay. well, I don't know if we should commit full-time to this uh, endeavor. Um, and when we see people having too little percentage, then we start thinking about, are they going to be motivated in the long run? Um, and, and we try to also get a feeling of, of how driven they are, how hungry they are. Because if they're not hungry and, and they're not driven, we know that they'll, they'll be lagging behind in execution. And, and 
the result will be poor, you know. When we look at the market, however, there are market areas where we just don't want to invest. Okay. Which that ones is, you don't invest no, in? Well, if you would like to, if, if it's early stage company that, that, that would like to sell to a Fortune 500 corporations mm -hmm. at the sea level at the beginning, having this approach top down, yeah. it's something that we know it takes a lot of time to build a brand, to build a credibility, to be able to pass a procurement process in a big organization. And we're very skeptical that if we give them money for 18 months, and we know that the product will not be, that they will not be able to sell their product at least two years due to the long sales cycles, due to the longer development, if it's a B2B um, sophisticated problem, that, that's, that's a right sign. We prefer businesses that enter bottom up, you know, mm -hmm. in the organizations, that they, they sell first to individual people, then to the line of business, and then to the whole organization. Uh, at least this is our experience from, from Central and Eastern Europe, because we are a bit further from the, these um, Fortune 500 companies, yeah. we are a bit further from the big corporations, and building credibility takes longer, it really takes years, right? Uh, another area that, that we are very cautious are areas like, um, let's say, social or elements, which requires a large number of users. Mm -hmm. Problem with, not that there is a problem that the company cannot acquire a large number of users, but as I said, in, in, in Eastern Europe, we have this um, lack of skills of people who know how to grow a business to 100 million users. It's very difficult, it has its own specifics, and if the skill set is not there, it's very difficult to acquire such a skill set and to make us believe that they are capable of doing it. Because it's not, when it's not so much about technical advantage, but it's about your ability to be a hustler, your ability to acquire users at a, at a very, um, let's say, uh, low cost, then, then, then you can have a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, there are areas that we, cannot, that we don't understand, for example, um, simply, and, and we simply don't invest there because they are outside of, of our scope. We, we very much like softwares and hardware, but there are areas that, that are related to um, uh, government, to military, to um, um, uh, municipalities that, that we don't have the expertise there. We don't know how this, those industries function. Mm -hmm. uh, so we prefer not to go there. Every investor would like to, to focus on what they understand. Okay. I'm curious, you're mentioning that uh, one aspect that you're taking into account is the vision. And uh, I know like the, the, the size of the company that, uh, that somebody wants to build is also correlated to maybe if this is an interesting opportunity for investment or not. So, for example, US VCs are, are obviously looking to yes. fund uh, companies that can become like $1 billion companies or even more. How big uh, or does the vision uh, have to be for you to invest? Does it? Yes, yes I understand the question. There is a kind of a rule of thumb, I, I call it. Um, if you're a startup, imagine that I invest and I take 10% of your company. Mm -hmm. So can your startup become 10 times bigger than my investment fund? So I can return by selling my 10% stake, I return the whole fund. Yeah. So if I manage 10 million euro, can you can you start to become a hundred million dollar business? If the answer is yes, that's fine. If I'm managing um, 300 million euro, obviously I would like to invest in something that goes into billions. Right. Mm -hmm. With LaunchHub, 
Um, we also go for regional businesses. We have companies in food delivery, we okay. have companies in hospitality, we have companies in e-commerce that are present in Romania now, that are present in Greece, that are present in Bulgaria. We know that their exits, hopefully, would be, let's say, between 30 to 100k, uh, a million. So this is our hope for this market. But this gives us a multiple that it's good enough, let's say, four or five times, six times to our money, that it's that good enough for us as a regional player. So you're right that sometimes investors like us could also invest in a company that is a regional, that goes country by country, that is mm-hmm. not this Valley type of business that it's either a billion unicorn or nothing. Or not. yeah. um, and uh, also that maybe one, one good advice for, for, for such companies would be to, to know this simply because they are completely not um, Silicon Valley compliant. Regional business from our region is not Silicon Valley compliant, with very few exceptions, right? Uh, and and but they are regional or European VCs. For example, they think this could be a good deal and mm-hmm. um, this could return money to, to, to their limited partners. So why not make such deal? Also, fundraising in the valley requires building a network, building a connection there. Um, to give you a, a parallel example, if somebody comes here. Uh, to, to me from Tajikistan and tells me I have a wonderful business in Tajikistan, very profitable. I sell to many people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, for me, it will be just difficult to assess this business because I don't know who to call. I need to do a background reference if these people are smart. Do they sell to real customer, not to their cousins? Uh, you know, what, what the opinion of the people I trust in this area is about them because it, it's also a method of investing people with the right value set. And the, the, as, as I don't have the, different, the, the difficulty assessing the company from, from Tajikistan simply because I don't have points of reference. And it, not that it's impossible, but it will take a little bit longer, probably a lot longer for them to fundraise from, from Launchhub. And it will take, for my decision making, um, I need to be really excited to go through this extensive or more difficult due diligence than normally. The same with companies from our region raising in the web. Not that it's impossible, it's completely possible, but it will take for them time to establish points of reference, to establish people that those funds can call, check credibilities. Um, and uh, the funds in, in, in the Valley should be really excited so they can go through this bit of traveling more extensive in, in terms of trying to understand the company, trying to visit it on place and see if it's, if it's a real process, if necessary. And, and that's why I think that also um, uh, a regional fund like ours could be a, a good partner because also European funds, they establish contacts with Western funds. They, be a, they become a, how to say it, a, a source of credibility in, in, in many instances where Western VCs would like to invest. And things are becoming easier and easier. Uh, and I'm going back to how we can boost the, our local ecosystem. The only way to boost is when we play together. And when we play together, the things will work better than than, um, than otherwise and faster. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if <laughs> to summarize it, let's say, um, I think that founders should be driven, hungry, motivated. They should pursue opportunity, which is big. Uh, they should be able to, to to know or to calculate how much money they need and approach the proper fund in this um, 
sign with, with, with this size of ticket who can give them the money uh, assessing in their heads are they going for Silicon Valley, are they going for Europe, are they going for, for the regional fund? Deal flow we see. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thanks a lot. This, uh, this has been like really, really insightful and uh, I hope that you continue what you're doing there and also investing uh, more into uh, companies here in Romania. Uh, actually used to tell a lot of my friends that uh, when, when you started uh, uh, the, the first fund, I think, uh, at some point, uh, Bulgarian investors were putting in more money here into Romania than uh, local investors. So I think that's your, good that you're supporting not just Romania, but also uh, other countries and uh, also your own ecosystem. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Roman, for uh, uh, this conversation. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, welcoming you to Taxi Romania in uh, a month thank or so. You. I'll be, I'll be very, very happy to participate in Texylvania uh, this year, like the years before, and I think it's, it's um, one of the conferences I don't want to miss. Thank so, you. Good job, Stephen. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. For future episodes, please subscribe on these two channels. For today, I have the pleasure of